Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Uh, To do much. I mean, it's possible that someone could have incredible amounts of talent, and if they allow their body to become Uh, out of shape, uh, that that talent would not be able to be utilized well. You maybe you've uh, uh, maybe you've seen perhaps in in basketball, especially um, uh, as I follow my my depressing team, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, every year, you know, they, they come back, and uh, this year uh, the Phoenix Suns acquired a, uh, the number one draft pick. And uh, so I'm listening to this guy. He's 18 years old, right? But he's seven foot two, and he's 250 pounds. He's a massive, massive guy. He's got a, a large, a great potential in front of him. Uh, but one of the things that he mentioned as they were interviewing him is they he he said that he was amazed at how uh, how well that players have to be conditioned to play the NBA game. So he had, had, he had been very successful in his college years, but now has stepped up his game and started uh, a new season with the Phoenix Suns in the, in, the, in the NBA. And he says, I wasn't ready. I thought I was in shape, but I'm not in NBA shape. And that was one of the statements he made, because when you're in the NBA, it's another step up. It's another level. And so to play a professional sport, you've got to have professional, professional conditioning. Now, this guy has a lot of talent. This guy has a lot of uh, potential. But if he doesn't condition his body, I doubt if he will ever make it that far. I want to tell you this morning, the same is true for Christians. Thank God that, uh, you know, physical conditioning is not the most important thing. But we are called to be spiritually conditioned. We are called this morning to dis- disciple and to discipline our lives so that, not for no reason, not just so that we can uh, boast and look at other Christians and say, well, my prayer life is better than your prayer life. How stupid is that? The reason this morning that God has called us to be spiritually dis- disciplined is so that we can do something for God. Are you hearing me this morning? So that our church can do something for God. And I want to challenge you this morning, uh, a message I've titled Effective Runners. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. And the scripture says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say weight. Let us weigh aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance. Everybody say endurance. The race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. 
the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray for a moment. Father, I come this morning, God, desperate before you. I need you to speak, God, even to your people this morning. I pray, God, that you would help us, God, to be a, a people of spiritual discipline. God, that our minds and our focus would be, would be upon those things that are truly important in this life. And God, that you would remove, God, the extra things, the fluff, God, the, the fat and the things that slow us down spiritually. I'm praying, oh God, that you would cause us to be a people that is running this race for your kingdom. And we thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. I want to begin by looking with you at removing the extra. Removing the extra. And I, I hope that you could, uh, uh, that you can picture with me the the image that Paul is giving in this scripture. He's that he is speaking about laying aside every weight so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let me just remind you this morning, races are not easy. That's why not very many people run races. When you hear about the latest, uh, you know, 5K marathon or 10K marathon, I don't know about you, but I don't get that excited about those things. Because uh, races are something that are very hard to endure, very difficult. Uh, many times, uh, uh, the race, even for a trained athlete, is something that takes real difficulty. It takes pain. It takes sweat. It takes breathing heavy. It takes becoming tired and weary. And what a perfect picture we have in the Scripture the race that is set before us is the life that we are called to live for Jesus Christ. Some people think that living for Jesus is like a sprint. It's 10 seconds of maximum output and then it's over. That is not this Christian life. The Christian life is not a sprint. It is a long-distance marathon that from the moment you give your life to Christ, the gun is fired and you start running for Jesus. And that is a race that we are called to run with endurance. Now, if, if it's difficult, even for someone who is in perfect condition, even if someone has been training for years to run a marathon, if it's difficult for someone like that to finish a race, how difficult do you think it would be for Fat Fatty McGee? To finish. It would be difficult not just to finish, but even just to get started. A person who is weighed down by extra things, a person who is weighed down by extra body weight, or a person weighed down by extra clothing that's unnecessary, a person who instead of coming wearing running shoes, comes wearing some combat boots or comes wearing some rain boots. You know, that's not the best way to run a race. And yet, this is what happens in the house of God again and again. People show up to run this race with all the wrong stuff, with a bunch of extra stuff. We think that we can run for Jesus carrying all of our baggage, carrying all of our sins, carrying all of our addictions, our bondages. Can I preach this morning? 
Well, you think that you're going to run for Jesus carrying a porn addiction? You think that you're going to run for Jesus having bad personality traits, not able to talk to people? You think that you're going to be able to, to run this race long term and you've got problems? You've got, I'm not saying that we're looking for perfect people this morning. I'm saying that if we're going to run for Jesus, you've got to be willing to let some junk go. To train yourself, not only physically, but spiritually. You think you're going to run for Jesus, this race, if you can't pray? You think you're going to run for Jesus if your family is always in disarray, your children are untrained? You think you're going to run for Jesus? You think you're going to become a missionary one day if you can't even show up to outreach on Saturday? This is what I'm talking about. It's unrealistic that even if a Navy SEAL who's in top, tip-top shape of his life, if it's hard for him to finish a race, then what about someone who's untrained? Jesus. Our scripture speaks about Jesus as the example. It says that we should look unto Jesus. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus ran this race, didn't he? Was it easy for him? Was there, any, was there pain involved? Was there difficulty? Was people uh, angry at him? Spit on him? And he's the perfect son of God. If it's hard for Jesus, don't you think it's going to be a little bit hard for you too? See, the nature of this Christian life is that it's difficult. Matthew Henry, he says that all affection and concern for the body and the present life and world, inordinate care for this present life or fondness for it, is a dead weight upon the soul that pulls it down when it should be ascending upwards, pulls it back whenever it should press forward, and makes duty and difficulties harder and heavier than they should be. How many good Christian people have not been able to push through the difficulties of this Christian life simply because you're carrying too much weight, too much burden of this world, too much love of money and material things, too much biblical illiteracy, too much lack of prayer, too much concern for what the world thinks. In every one of us, there are things that are weighing you down. What's holding you back this morning? What's holding you back? What's slowing you down? We're all called to run. You can't tell me that you're not running because every one of us is, is either running. The difference is some people are running and they're making it through difficult things. Some people are running and they're going through difficult things. They're having to breathe heavy. <laughs> and they fall down on the side of the track. Is it lust? Is it jealousy? Is it just pure laziness? Is it lack of faith? Is it selfishness? 
See, it is these things that weigh us down that cause your faith to be sick, weak, and slow. And may I remind you this morning who the devil attacks most often. The sick, the weak, and the slow spiritually. He does not attack those who are banging on all cylinders. He doesn't attack those whose prayer lives are uh, on the top rung. Like a lion seeking his prey, if he's chasing the herd of antelope, you know who he's finding? The ones who are lagging behind. Do you know what churches the devil loves to attack? Those churches that are lazy and undisciplined. Churches that forget how to pray. Churches that don't know how to outreach. Churches that don't follow up on new believers. These undisciplined churches are the ones that the devil loves to get involved with. And you and I, as as a church, as individual believers, we will never reach our full potential as long as there is extra weight and burden holding us back. So let's talk about removing the extra. Our scripture instructs us here. Lay aside. Everybody say lay aside. Lay aside aside every weight, sin, which so easily ensnares us. It tells us exactly what the weight is. So often it is the sin of our life. And may I just remind you this morning that sin, there are two kinds of sins. There are sins of omission and sins of commission. The sin of commission is something that you commit. It is something you, uh, you do actively, right? Uh, pornography is an act of commission. It's something that you seek out when nobody else is looking. Uh, jealousy. Uh, these are things that we commit. It is we active, actively do in sin. But have we forgotten that there's also another category of sins? The sin of omission. It is when you fail to do something that you know God has called you to do. It's when you know you're supposed to pray and you don't pray. It's when you know you're supposed to read your Bible every day. So simple, right? And you don't do it. It's when you know you're supposed to be spiritually strong, but you allow yourself to be weak. It's a sin of omission. And I believe this is even more deadly than the sin of commission because we trick ourselves into thinking that we're obedient, but we're not. The Bible says that we need to lay aside this this weight that's slowing us down. Uh, I've used the illustration before, but it's worth repeating. Uh, when we were in uh, when we were in Bulgaria as missionaries there, we had a guy in our church who was a Nigerian man. His name was Kelly, and uh, he he used to be a big footballer, right? He, he used to play as a young man, and then later on in life, he was a coach for for youngsters that were learning how to play football. That's soccer for us Americans. And so one of the things that he told us about when he would train to be a good football, because these guys, have you ever tried to watch a soccer match? It's, it's more exciting to watch grass grow. But, um, but one of the things about soccer matches is that these guys are running nonstop for like two hours straight. They are running up and down that field, running, running, running back and forth. And I'm watching these guys. They're running, and they, they're going to the ball. They're going this way. They're, they're, they're running the whole time. So as a soccer player, you have to condition your body to be, able to, be, to be able to run at full tilt for two hours at a time. And so he told me, 
uh, that when he was young, he used to train to play football, and what he would do is he would get one of those big tractor tires, those ones that are like three-foot diameter, and he would tie a rope to his waist, and he would run up the hills in Nigeria with a weight behind him. He would run, and he would train for hours. He would exhaust himself in his body. And so that, especially on the day before a football match, he could take that tire off of him, and he could run like the breeze, man. Can I tell you? There's people here this morning that that's exactly you in your spiritual life. That you're trying to run for God. You're trying to do something for him. You're trying to make a difference in this world, but you've got this weight. You've done it yourself. It's not that the devil has tied a chain around you. It's because of your sin. It's because of your decision. It's because of your commission and your omission. You've decided, I've got to carry this weight around with me and still try to make it for God. The scripture says we should lay these things aside. Lay aside. Lay aside. The word in the Greek is apotithemi. It means to put off, to throw away, to get rid of. And can I tell you, this is something our culture is not very good at. Let me present evidence, uh, evidence number A, number one. How many, how many places, how many extra storage facilities do we really need as a society? We just had one open up. As I mentioned before, it's a monument to American materialism. And yet they're opening up uh, every, every year. There's a new one that's opening up. What is that? That is a cultural decision that we've made. I've got too much stuff to fit in my house. So I have to have another box to put it into. I'm going to pay monthly, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, just to have space to store my extra crap. The word, again, was apotithemi, to get rid of. It's an action word, to, to lay aside. Most of us are really good at piling up our toys, piling up things we don't need, piling it up. Get rid of it? Why should I? Well, because it is a weight, and it's holding you down. This action of laying things aside, if we're talking about physical training, let me speak a little bit from experience. Uh, in the last three months, I've been able, thank God, to uh, lose 25 pounds off of my body. 25 pounds is painful to get rid of. I'm hoping God would give me the grace and the patience to lose another 25 pounds, but I don't want to do it. You know why? Because I like to eat. And I don't like to work out. Losing weight is hard and painful and difficult. But you know what? I need to do it because it's holding me back. It's shortening my lifespan. It's making me unhealthy. Removing extra things is always difficult and painful. And it's even more so spiritually. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. 
and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cast it from you. It is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, Jesus is not advocating for mutilation this morning. He's simply giving us a metaphor for what it's like to discipline yourself. It's hard. Nobody's going to tell you it's not. Oh, it's so easy to be a disciple. No, it's not. In fact, right there in the middle of the word disciple is the word discipline. You can't be a disciple if you are undisciplined, if you're lazy. Let's close this morning before I get too angry. The benefits of a lean Christian life. There are benefits. There are reasons why this is something you should seek and not put off until tomorrow. The first thing is that you, can you imagine what your life would be like if you were not weighed down by sin? Could you imagine the things that we could accomplish for Jesus if we were truly a people of prayer, prayer warriors? Could you imagine the things you could accomplish if you had a deeper understanding, more intimate of Jesus and his word? Could you imagine what we could accomplish for the Lord if we had people here for every church service and outreach? What we could accomplish for the Lord. We would not be weighed down by the sins, by the things, the extra things that weigh us down in this life. We would not be ensnared. Our scripture said that we are ensnared. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Everybody say the word ensnare. Do you know what an ensnare is? You know what a snare does? You've seen seen Bugs Bunny, right? That wascally wabbit, I'm going to get him. And, And good old Elmer Fudd, he puts a rope around the hole just waiting. Just waiting for Bugs Bunny to pop his head up. And as soon as he does, he pulls it. But what he doesn't know is that at the same time Bugs Bunny is behind him, he's already put the rope around himself. So when he pulls on it, he's pulling himself down the hole. That's a picture of many Christians. We're ensnared. Ensnared by our own inabilities, our lack of discipline. You know what else it would, it would produce in you if you could be a lean Christian, it would produce confidence and boldness. So often, I, 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 what I realize about people many times is that the reason they're struggling is not necessarily just because of shameful things that they've done in the past. There's always consequences. But how much do we limit ourselves? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Have you ever tried to go on outreach on Saturday morning? but you know that on Friday night you did something so stupid and you're feeling guilty? Does it really make you want to outreach very much on Saturday morning? No, it really doesn't. How am I going to go tell somebody about Jesus when I myself am so broken and needful, right? 
because we're carrying around things, and we limit our own selves because what we, we, we disqualify ourselves. And so often it is that if, if we could just get rid of those things, if we could lay aside those weights and those things that ensnare us, the next thing that it produces is a natural boldness. I'm not talking about self-confidence or pride or being boastful. But what I'm saying is I know that I'm right with God. I know that my sins have been removed from me to God's glory. I know that God can use me because I'm a pure vessel, that the Holy Spirit can dwell in me, and that I can be used by God. What a beautiful thing that is. It would produce in you a confidence, not in self, but a confidence in God that says, I am able to do something for the Lord. What about you this morning? Are there some things weighing you down? No doubt there are in every one of us. No doubt there are things in your life that you could be working to remove, to set aside, to apotithemi, to remove, to get rid of. I want to close with this story this morning, a news article from the year 2011 uh, from the city of Vancouver, body was found Monday after a house suffered a two-alarm fire early Sunday morning. Firefighters recovered a man's body after breaking through the rubber, rubble of numerous personal items blocking access to a burned-out house. Listen carefully. The man who used his home as, quote, a warehouse, according to firefighters, was likely trapped as the fire gutted the residence early Sunday. Neighbor Beverly Hannah said her daughter was outside when she heard a man in distress in the room's upper floor Sunday at 3 a.m. She and her friend were desperately screaming to the guy to get out the window upstairs, she said. She tried to push the front door, and the door finally opened, but it only went about four inches because there was so much debris. Hannah said she had concerns about the safety of the, of the home. A man who was in his 40s who lived inside the residence that was packed floor to ceiling with junk. It's clearly full right to the rafters with cardboard boxes, junk, and garbage, said reporters. It was only a matter of time for this to happen. What happened to this man? He was killed by his own junk. His house was such a disaster that he couldn't get out, neither could people get in to help him. And I wonder this morning, how many Christians in your house God is trying to come and rescue this morning? Maybe you have, have some kind of desire inside of you, God, I've got to get out of this, but there's too much junk in my life. When it's time to run for God, when it's time to make a righteous decision, when it's time to take a stand for righteousness, do you have the ability to run? To run for God. It's going to require this morning some discipline, some cleanup. It's going to require some righteousness, some holiness, some repentance. Come on, somebody. Repentance has the ability to clear away the debris. 
What about you? Will you join me this morning as we discipline our lives so that we can run for God? You know, uh, just in closing, I want to I wanna say about Marion Bitwell. One of the one of wonderful things about going on this trip for me, as, as uh, Bitwell mentioned, as Mary mentioned, is that I can remember uh, that when, when, we, when they first started coming to church, are you with me this morning? I haven't lost you yet. When they first started coming to church in Chandler, Arizona, we were, we were pretty much the closest ones that lived to them. They didn't have a car at the time. And so we would go and pick them up for church service. I can remember so clearly them, and, and I think it was just their one daughter at the time. Maybe it was both. But, um, but I can remember going and picking them up. I would pick them up for services. We would pick them up for outreaches. We would pick them up for Bible study. We would go to Bible study together. And I think about that so often. I think about, especially now, now I'm going to visit them in Lagos, Nigeria. What if I would have been too lazy to pick them up? What if we would have said, oh, I don't have time. Oh, it's, it's too much trouble. What if, you know, they would have called us and said, hey, um, can you pick us up? Uh, sorry, can't do it. I wonder if there would be a church in Lagos today. I'm not, I'm not taking any credit for that, but I want to tell you this morning that so much of the future depends on this, what we're talking about today. If this church is going to make any difference, we've got to be disciplined this morning. I want to encourage you to remove the excess. Let's close as we bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes this morning. We're going to ask God to help us and speak to us. This is a call to discipline this morning. The natural gravity of life, the gravity of time as it passes, is that we become more and more undisciplined as time goes by. Listen, discipline does not happen automatically. Spiritual discipline does not happen. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.